And now it is it is Mr. Travis Yost. Uh, Travis, you were in transit last week. Are you in some exotic location again this week? Or are you uh, in, in a normal cold spot like the rest of us? <laughs> <laughs> the exotic location of uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. But I, I will be in. Uh, I'll be all. I'll be Dallas, Fort Lauderdale, all over the place this next week. So it. I don't know where I'm gonna, where we're going to do this from next week, but it'll be warmer than where I'm at today or were last week. Nice. Travis Yost, he's going to be all around the country, folks. And, Travis, your article, I, I loved it, evaluating the sustainability of hockey's white-hot shooters. And that's always, that's always the question. Someone's on a streak, positive or negative. How is this going to be relatable long term? So you looked at some of the early goal producers using goals per 60, stacked them up against their own shot generation numbers and the data from the previous three seasons. So the likes of Kucherov, your guy Ovechkin, Tavares, not a surprise to hear them at the top. But some of the other names, like a Molino, a Keller, Brown, make appearances. When you're trying to predict the degrees of sustainability, what, what do you tend to look at? So the, the biggest driver, there's two big drivers here. The first one is the true shooting talent of a player, right? So when you have a guy like Alex Ovechkin or John Tavares, um, they've been in the league for years. We know they are, they'll score on about one of every nine five-on-five shots, and that's been pretty consistent throughout their career. But, you know, one of the harder things is what, hap- what, what do you do when you have a younger player and you're not entirely sure yet what his shooting talent looks like? And moreover, when you have a younger player, they're much more likely to move up and down the lineup, maybe play with better line mates. So there's a lot of noise and a lot of potential drivers that could impact the player's goal scoring one way or another. But the, the one measure I always come back to is, at the end of the day, how well is a player how, – how strong is a player at getting shots to the net? And, and, one, and one of the reasons why I bring this up is – Time and time again, what we see is the easiest way to stave off any type of regression, especially if you're on a really incredible scoring run, is to just keep generating volume. So you might not have the same type of puck luck on any individual shot, but the more you throw at the net, the more likely you are to score on a given game. And it brings up an interesting uh, – there's, there's almost a stratification between the two players, uh, two buckets of players on that, on that goal-scoring leaderboard. Guys like Nikita Kucherov, uh, are a great example. He might be, you know, scoring on one of every four shots, and it seems ridiculous, right? Yeah. But the other, the other piece of that is Tampa Bay, especially with that line, have lived in the offensive zone all year. Like it, maybe Kucherov will start shooting fifteen percent instead of twenty five percent, but at the end of the day, his shot volume is so high, it's going to be almost impossible to keep him or Steven Stamkos or Vladimir Nevestikov off the off the stat sheet. Um, regardless of what happens, whereas the, the other the other side is a player like Alex Ovechkin, who we fawn over, I think every single week on this show. Um, he, he's in the later stages of his career. I would describe it as he's a lethal power play player and opportunistic at five on five. And I say opportunistic because he, in the last few years, he really hasn't been an elite five on five goal scorer. He's been a solid one. And if you look at his shot volume over the last five or so years, at even strength. It's, it's dropping, and, and part of that is probably because of his age, and part of that is probably because that Washington, and at least this season, doesn't look nearly as good as they have in years past. Um, so that, that's, that's a player that I would definitely keep an eye on is, is Ovechkin because I, I absolutely, first off, he's one of the greatest goal scorers in history, sure. but the, his goal scoring numbers right now are pretty much um, driven by his work at 5-on-5, five five, and that's not historically the type of player Ovechkin is uh, so something to keep in mind here. I still, I still think he will continue scoring goals, obviously, but um, I, I expect the even strength scoring to maybe dry up a little bit for him going forward. Any young players or surprising names that have, have piqued your interest early that you're going to be following the rest of the year? 
Oh, Clayton Keller for sure. Yeah. Um, so Clayton Keller has, I think he's got 11 goals and seven assists already for an absolutely rancid Arizona Coyotes <laughs> team. I mean, that Coyotes team is unwatchable on most nights, but Clayton Keller has been a star. And look, again, th- this is where it gets tricky, right? So I mean, I even close with this piece in the, uh, this paragraph in the piece, which is, what do you do when you have a Clayton Keller, right? So Clayton Keller, seventh overall draft pick, incredible scoring talent when he was young uh, in, in juniors and, and where he came and where he developed. Uh, so it looks like that is carried over. That said, again, Clayton Keller is kind of in the same boat as a lot of these other guys where everything is breaking right for him right now. So the, the thing to track, I think Clayton Keller's for real. Like, I, I think this is a guy who's going to consistently score 30 goals in this league. What I'm more curious about with Keller is how is he half of the season? So he, he has really benefited from pretty much anything and everything finding the back of the net. If, if once, that, once that scoring luck dries up a bit, What's going to happen with the Coyotes mm-hmm. and what's going to happen with Keller? Because there's not a lot of talent on that roster, developed talent. I think they're 2-13 and 13 out of the gate. Um, I, I would expect a bit of a scoring drought for him. But, the, again, the, what separates the good from greater elite scorers is those scoring droughts don't really carry on for much long. It becomes two, three, four games, not six, seven, eight, nine. So, yeah, definitely the number one at the top of the player to watch is definitely going to be Clayton Keller. In conversation with Travis Yost from TSN.ca on Twitter, at Travis Yost. Let's look at some of the top defensemen in the league. And you, you threw together, Travis, a chart of the top point producers on the back end. So no surprise, of course, Eric Carlson, he's leading the way. But which defensemen have you been most impressed or caught off guard with so far this year, this season? Oh, that, that's a really good question because there's a few on that list. Um, how about, how about the two names that I think would pop out? Um, Brad Hunt is one. Brad Hunt on the Vegas Golden Knights is almost a point per game defenseman, <laughs> and this is this is a guy who was really struggling to establish himself at the NHL level. And again, this this is why this is one of the cool things about being an expansion team is the opportunity for twenty three skaters um, to to maybe establish themselves in a position where they couldn't have established themselves in years past. And not only is it Brad Hunt, by the way, kind of along the Vegas Knights theme, but that's pretty much happened for at least three of their defensemen, right? Colin Miller's off to a great year in Vegas. Uh, Nate Schmidt looks maybe he might be one of their two or three best players on the entire team. Uh, and, and all three of those guys, Nate Schmidt, Colin Miller, um, and, and, and Brad Hunt, are all guys that were, I, I don't want to use the word discarded, but they were pretty much left to the expansion draft like, okay, no harm, no foul if we lose these guys. And all three of those guys have uh, have established themselves as everyday NHLers. The, uh, Miller and, and Schmidt in particular are, look very much like top four NHL defenders. So, you know, th- this is part of the reason why the whole discussion about Vegas, I think, is so interesting. They don't really have the top end talent that pretty much any other team in the league has, but they've got a lot of guys who can skate. They've got a number of guys who can move the puck well from the back end, and and they're a very quick skating team, pretty much top down through the lineup. Uh, so th- those those three really all on the same team have, have uh, caught my attention. But, you know, th- there's other players there on that list. I think Victor Hedman's off to an incredible year. It, it goes without saying. Eric Carlson, the same thing. Um, it, 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 there's, there's a, it is going to be an interesting Norris Trophy discussion this year, I think. I, like, I, I, guess, I guess the prohibitive favorite is going to be Eric Carlson. Yeah. You're already seeing some chatter about Victor Hedman and Alex Pietrangelo and, and the types of starts they're off to this year. So, again, you know, it's, it's a staple. We're in, what, year four of the show, and it feels like for four years we've been talking about this is like the peak uh, peak era for talented NHL and talented young NHL defenders.
Yeah, yeah, you're right. And, of course, Derek Carlson's always in the conversation. Okay, Travis. Now, outside of giving out phenomenal hockey knowledge and, and articles on your Twitter at Travis Yost, you're known, known for some, some hot food takes, and we've been teasing it for a couple weeks. Let's do this thing. This is Travis Yost's Testy Food Take of the Week. <laughs> With a sting and everything, Travis. We've made it, buddy. Wow. So, uh, you put out there, you evaluated fast food chains, and you have your best five and your worst five. Uh, do, you, do you remember them, or do you want me to, to read out your best? Run them off quick. Okay. I, I remember my best five very well. It was, it's a painstaking science. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to start from the bottom. Number five, IHOP. Four, Subway. Number three, Panda Express, a dark horse. Number two, Sbarro. And number one, Burger King. Wow. I didn't think Burger King would be top of the line. So burger, I mean, you gotta you gotta take multiple criteria here. It's not okay. just taste; it's taste, quality, the price of acquisition. All of these things are critical. I, I was very close putting Panda Express number one. By the way, like number six one. and a half bucks, you can get a double grilled teriyaki chicken and white rice. <laughs> with, it's like a pound of food for six bucks. Like, you really can't beat that. So it was it was neck and neck for the top spot. But yeah, pound for pound, champ, still Burger King. So okay, so that's the criteria. So we're going taste and value for the for, for, for the buy, right? <laughs> Correct. That's what we got. Okay, now the worst five, uh, and we'll start from number five. These are also places that I'm sure uh, won't be uh, any sponsors of this show. Um, five guys, uh, Tim Hortons, that is Travis speaking, not myself, uh, Firehouse Subs, Chick-fil-A, and In-In-Out. I've never had In-In-Out. So I've only had In-N-Out in Vegas, okay. and I had it one time, and what, I what, probably will never have it again. Like what the, type of food is that it? I never understood the piece I never understood, Andy, is I get I get that Tim Hortons has a is there's a cultural phenomena behind Tim Hortons, <laughs> but coffee there is Oh, Travis, I think Tim Hortons got a hold of got a hold of your line. And cut, <laughs> they cut you. They cut you out. Literally, Travis, when you started talking about Tim Hortons, it cut out. It, I think we, they're in. I think they're Andy, in on it. We don't want to, Andy. Tim Hortons. That's Tim Hortons' way of saying they, they. They may still be interested in sponsoring the show. That's right. I think they have destroyed. Uh, they've destroyed your link there, uh, Travis. We got a bounce, but I do like the testy food take of the week. And listen, if anyone wants to trip you on it, right, they can get you at Travis Yost on Twitter. <laughs> we heard from a thousand people. Keep it going. Beautiful. All right, buddy. We'll, t- we'll talk to you later. That's Travis Yost. Hot food take. Best five, worst five. Hey, you can tweet us too when you're watching the hockey. And what are what, what are some of your favorite food? What, what's what's your favorite takeout when you're watching hockey at TSN Analytics? Tweet us there. All right. So that's Travis Yost. Get his fine work. TSN.ca. Uh, you can get him there every week.